You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Join us now for In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard, and hello to Michael Card sitting comfortably in his home office <laughs> behind his microphone on my Zoom screen here. I miss the days of doing this in person, Mike. we got to get together again sometime soon. Zoom is definitely sort of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is, but it, but it works. You know, well, it's it's the best we've got for now, but it yeah, is. yeah, okay. it, it it beats me flying up to Chicago or the two <laughs> yeah, of you flying yeah. down to Nashville. Yeah, we're not doing this because of COVID now. That's why we started, but now yes. we're doing it just because it's it's easier to get together more frequently just, and just because we're lazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a, a good uh, good podcast ahead of us here. I believe. Yes. Coming up in the second half, we're going to hear. Again, you're teaching from the Cove. Yeah, the Cove, it's a wonderful place to go. It's everything you would expect from the Graham organization. It's just a a beautiful place, great food, uh, sweet people that take care of you, and and you're together for a week with people who just want to talk about the life of Jesus. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Plus, you get to see a bear once in a while. Last time I was there, or two times ago I was there, there was a bear that got someone in someone's car and Will Graham went out and got the bear out of someone's car. I mean, come on. That's Billy other Graham's duties as bear- assigned. Uh, yeah. Billy Graham's love it. Love grandson it. was getting a bear out of someone's car. Our featured resource this month is the CSB Worldview Study Bible. So in a moment, we're going to be talking with Trevin Wax, one of your good buddies, about this Worldview Bible. He was one of the editors. He, he was one of the ed- editors, and he, he's also the person behind the different editions of CSB that have come out that have uh, notes from different different perspectives and backgrounds, and, and uh, Trevin's a pretty remarkable guy. Yep. All right, well, that's coming up just momentarily, and we'll hear a song of yours momentarily as well. But here's a note. Hi, Michael, Wayne, Joe, and team. And I like the fact that listeners address the whole team because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes here. It's just not just the two of us, so... Thank you for acknowledging right. that. Uh, this uh, this writer says, thanks for another great podcast. Some great songs as ever. Thanks for the teaching you gave, Michael. Also, thanks to CZ, The Book is Ordered. That's the book on rest that we had uh, uh. CZ on talking about. Uh, as well as your own teaching, you have introduced so many authors and artists into my life. More importantly, you've helped me get into the Bible and get closer to Jesus. CZ and you talked about feeling guilty when you take time out to read or simply rest. That's always been a hang-up for me. As I sit to read, I can hear a voice saying, what about cleaning your house? The lawn needs cutting. <laughs> yes. I thank you for the oasis of rest you bring each Monday evening long. May it continue. Dave, in Walsall, England. Yeah, rest is a hard thing because the world tells us we're being lazy when we're resting. You've made a lot of friends in England over the years. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, I'm going back in about six months, and uh, I'm looking forward to being back there. Uh, I do love England. Asked Michael to sing this song, which was recorded in the studio for this uh, program, The Way of Wisdom. Then we'll meet Trevin Wax today in the studio with Michael Card. The way of wisdom starts out with a step of holy fear, and it makes its way along by every good word that you hear. 
It has to do with passion and it has to do with pain It has to do with one who has both died and rose again Died and rose again And the way of wisdom is living The path of peace is forgiving Behold the man of meaning Behold he is the Lord The way of understanding lies in not how much you know For the pathway is a person that you come to love and so You can stop pretending that it all depends on you It's not how much you love as much as how much he loves you How much he loves you And the way of wisdom is living The path of peace is forgiving Behold the man of meaning Behold he is the Lord The way of wisdom beckons us to find the end of fear That perfect love pursues Wisdom did not come to simply speak the words of truth He's the word that makes us true And the way of wisdom is living The path of peace is forgiving Behold the man of meaning Behold he is the Lord Behold he is the Lord Way of Wisdom. Thank you, Michael. We're very happy to have Trevin Wax back with us today. Trevin's been with us before on the podcast and is a good friend of this program and uh, is an author. But today we're talking to him as one of the two general editors of this brand new Bible, the Christian Worldview Bible, which I, I've never seen anything quite like this, Michael. We're looking forward to talking to Trevin about it. So let's say hello to our friend. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, Trevin. Yep, good to, good to be with you both again. We're good. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. We're fired up about this new Bible. I'm uh, like Wayne. I've never seen anything like it. How would you describe it, Trevin? You know, I mean, the, when we talk about the importance of worldview, uh, it's it's kind of like when you put your contact lens out in the morning, those of us that are not blessed with perfect vision, uh, we we put that on in the morning, and it's basically the lens through which we see the world. And everybody has a worldview. Everybody has a way of looking at the world, a way of looking at life, a way of thinking through things, uh, uh, some sort of a concept of of our life's purpose and meaning and significance. And uh, the Bible presents a way of looking at life. And so a study Bible like this is a way of, of helping people see the, the Bible's presentation of how we look at the world so that we can then distinguish that biblical way of looking at the world through, uh, we can distinguish it from our competing ways of looking at the world, uh, so that we can distinguish truth from falsehood, uh, so that we can look and discern uh, the way to live in the times that God has called us to be faithful. And so that's what a, a study Bible like this is designed to do, is to, to help people see the, 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 the world through a biblical lens and then be able to discern false worldviews as a result. Well, it is so well done. Uh, Producer Joe came to me this morning with the Bible, and 
And he said, look at this. Look, look at all these essays. He said, if you read this, think of the education you get in a Christian worldview if you simply track through this and read all this. Right. There's more than 130 articles that are there. There's 120 notable Christian leaders that are have contributed to this. Uh, there's essays on all sorts of of, of different new issues that are that are out there. And, you know, some things are, are debatable among Christians. And, and so, you know, what, what's the—Christians often have the, 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 the question of the discussion of what's the best way to apply the Christian faith to, you know, particular ethical issues or different challenges that arise, uh, you know, challenges related to government and politics and public life and all sorts of things. And so uh, it really is a, a terrific— uh, um, just a terrific collection of of essays and study notes throughout that um, that help people um, as reading the biblical text be able to to interpret the biblical text through the the lens of a of a biblical worldview and then be able to look at the world uh, in in a in a in a, in a more biblical light. Trevin, I'm assuming that as as one of the editors, you, did you assign? Uh, the topic connected to the biblical passage? Is that how you uh, went about putting this together? Yes. You know, I, I worked with David Dockery on this. Uh, we, we, we really wanted to enlist scholars who had particular expertise on particular subjects. You know, nobody's an expert on everything. Um, and we wanted to, to bring them in their, you know, their, their area of expertise. And we wanted to, to put the essays uh, in the, 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 the Bible around the texts where uh, there's most likely to be to be questioned about about something. So, you know, if there's a particular uh, place in the text where, you know, there's a worldview element that's that's being discussed. You know, for example, if you're looking at uh, um, the miracles in Acts, the the book of Acts, well, you may have, you know, we have a question there, you know, are miracles and science compatible? You know, we have someone who talks about the the, the challenge between science and and uh, supernatural elements in the Bible. So it's we we tried to 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 put the essays where it would be most natural a most natural fit. Well, we can talk more about the features of this worldview study Bible, but I, I want to zero in on a key essay that really is the uh, foundation for this altogether, and that's uh, the essay that I believe you've done from Romans twelve one and two. Yes, that's right. It's uh, an introduction to Christian worldview, and you know Romans. Uh, twelve one and two is uh, where we we find Paul saying, you know, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. And then he says, do not be conformed to this age, right? So don't be worldly, mm-hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, get your mind ready for action here. Be transformed. Have your mind renewed so that. And then here's the purpose so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So the reason why a Christian worldview matters, I think we get from that text, is it sets us apart from the world. You know, don't be conformed to this age, number one. It, it matters because it aids our spiritual transformation. That's the, the, the second point there in that, in that text, that it's a, it's a renewal of the mind that also leads us to present our bodies as living sacrifices. It's connected to our worship you know, how we live in this world. And then third, it helps us understand how to live so that we can discern the perfect and pleasing will of God, that we can know how we are to act in the times that we, that we live. So a Christian worldview matters for, 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 the, for those reasons. It's what sets us apart 
from our neighbors. It's what sets us apart from from a lost world. It's what helps us understand how to live in the challenging uh, dilemmas that we may that may arise in the time that God has placed us. And you said that it 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 uh, it's connected to our worship. It's interesting that that statement comes right after a hymn. <laughs> of course, right, and it and that statement actually comes after you you know you think of eleven chapters where Paul has been has been laying out the the grounds for salvation, the beauty of salvation, what God is up to, you know, that God's salvific plan that's running through all of the the scriptures. Then we get to this, therefore, it's a marvelous therefore, because it's where Paul is going to turn his attention to practical matters, but he's doing so saying, look, it's based on everything that's come before. Once you understand this way of seeing the world, and once you understand this way of seeing the gospel and what God is up to, then we present our bodies as living sacrifices. We then this is our spiritual act of worship. This is our 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 way of uh, giving God the honor and glory that He's due. Hmm. Trevor, I have a question for Michael. Uh, I'm put you on the spot here, Mike. Uh, do you see a connection between biblical imagination and worldview? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, your your uh, worldview I think shapes your imagination, or the other way around. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay, Trevor, you want to comment on that? Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with Mike on that. I, I think that this is one of the reasons why arts and entertainment and everything can be so formative because it it does shape the way that we imagine ourselves in the world. We imagine our our place, our significance, what the meaning of life is, what our purpose is. Uh, this happens through music, through books, through uh, movies, through television series, all sorts of things that happen. It, this is one of the reasons why. Uh, uh, human beings are by very nature artistic. You know, Chesterton's the one who said it's one of the ways that we know we, the image of God. I mean, even if you go back to, you know, cavemen, what were they doing? They were doing drawings in the, you know, in, in the caves, because it, it's, it's this art is the signature of mankind, Chesterton says. And I think that's because we are imaginative beings. It's it's one of the things that God has has placed within us, and it's one of the reasons why our our imagination, the way that we see the world, the social imaginary that you know some some scholars and philosophers talk about, is so very important. It's why worldview worldview matters. Uh, I have a minutia question on uh, twelve one. Is that okay? Is that allowed? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it, it's your podcast, Michael. So go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go for it then. <laughs> in in view of the mercies that. That plural there. Do you think that might be Hesed? Do you think he's he's thinking Hesed when he writes that? Michael, every time you ask the question about Hesed, my answer has to be yes, right? Because this is Michael Card I'm talking to. <laughs> no, no, I'm there, but I no, I think you're spot on there, and and I do, and I think, but I do think the plural is significant there. Yes, um, which I, I think he's he's talking about Hesed in all of its tremendous manifestations. I think is what he's thinking about the not not simply the the you know the the, the concept of Hesed, but also the, the 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 wonderful abounding ways in which that's manifested, and that's why it's not just God's mercy, but His mercies that that matters so much there. Great question, Mike. Thank you. One, one more one more observation though. I, I he goes on to say, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Is that is that a connection to Jesus because of the hesed of God? In view of that, in, is it because in view of the fact that God offered His body as a living sacrifice that I urge you to present your bodies? Am I reading that into that passage, or no. I've never seen that well, before? I mean, 
considering the fact that he's he's building on everything that he's just talked about for eleven chapters, in which the the sacrifice, you know, Jesus is the 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 mercy seat, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. I don't think that that's a an illegitimate way of of, of drawing that out. That you know, Christ presented himself as a sacrifice for us, and so in view of God's mercies through that action, we are to present ourselves as living sacrifices. I think that there's uh, um, certainly something. Uh, of a of an example uh, of an example of following in the footsteps of Jesus that I think we can tease out from that passage for sure. But I I want to look at commentaries from like Tom Schreiner and, and others to make sure I'm not off base there. But I I, I definitely could see that being uh, something that's coming out of the text. And that's true worship. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and and this is the and this is the the beauty of what what Paul is urging here is he's saying you know we we're presenting ourselves as living sacrifices. This is our, our our true worship, and then immediately going into, don't be conformed to this age. Don't be conformed. Don't have your mind be just like everyone else's mind. There's, there's a, a a a real emphasis on how we think in this passage. And you know, I Christianity can't be reduced to that. Obviously, he's saying present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So it's not as if we're just you know, you know, brains on a stick, the, it, body and soul together. But but how we think, how we view the world is is vitally important for how we are to live if we are to discern the the perfect and pleasing will of God for this age in which God has called us to be faithful. So presenting our bodies as living sacrifices is in parallel with re- renewing our mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's it, it's it's a it's not just a a spiritual thing. It is a um it, it's a it's the process of sanctification. It have it it has uh, it affect on our it has an effect on our mind and also on our uh, on our bodies. You know, I, I one of the things I point out in that in that previous in that 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 essay that we were talking about at the beginning was in some ways Romans twelve is connected to Romans one. You remember in Romans one when Paul is laying out the situation of humanity and he says, you know, they they although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless. Their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the the truth of God for a lie. Um, there's a connection here because in Romans one, that's the that's mankind in our fallen natural state. But in Romans twelve, we get this reversal that happens because of Christ's work. Our minds are being renewed. We're not senseless sinners living in the dark. Now we are redeemed people living in the light of Christ's resurrection. Uh, we're living in light of what He's doing in our hearts, how He's changing us, regenerating us, sanctifying us. Um, it, conforming us uh, not to the world, but to the image of His Son, and because of that, you know, the mercies of God, we we have this new new identity. So Romans twelve is is sort of the antidote to what we see in Romans one, because of all that's happened through Romans, you know, uh, two all the way through eleven. That that beautiful picture of salvation. Now we we get to have our uh, our minds renewed instead of being senseless and, and in the dark. That's excellent. Thank you, Trev. And I just have one more question for you before we leave. You know, when I when I first picked up the Worldview Study Bible, I thought, what a great thing for students to have. Then I thought, that's wrong. It's it's a great thing for everyone to have. We all need to be students of this worldview and of Scripture uh, that gives us our worldview. So thank you for doing this. Just a quick uh, answer, though. How do the footnotes work on this? Right. So the, the Bible has notes uh, done by a number of different scholars that uh, that basically go throughout the entire text and providing little bit bits of commentary and and helps just 
to you know to aid in understanding as you read. Um, some of the the places though where it's really I think the study notes really come alive is when they they they, they talk about um, the particulars of biblical worldview that are being expressed in that in the text itself. Um, and and doing some of that distinguishing from other worldviews, maybe false worldviews of the time that the text was being written. You know, so some of the isms that we might think about, like Gnosticism, you know, the idea that um, uh, human, human beings are really the, the priority of the soul rather than the body, and that the, the body is bad and only the spirit is good, and things like that. So some of those other worldviews uh, are are mentioned not only in the articles and essays, but in the footnotes themselves, so that you can see a biblical worldview in contrast to some of those false worldviews. And I think the the study notes bring that to light uh, in ways that that demonstrate where the text itself is making these distinctions, so that it, it becomes clearer for the the person who's reading and studying. We've been talking with Trevin Wax, uh, one of the general editors, along with David Dockery of the CSB Worldview Study Bible. Uh, Michael, this has been rich. Uh, I'm sure Trevor will be back with us in the future. We have to have this guy back, right? Yeah, we need to, we need to look uh, look at some other passages together. Okay, all right, Trevin, thank you so much. And Michael, I'm going to ask you to introduce your own song coming up now. Be thou my vision. As we say goodbye to Trevin. Thanks, Trevin. Thank you guys so much. Glad glad to be part. Yeah, this is a a, a song that basically asks God to. Uh, to become the way we look at the world, which I think is a, a, a great song to end our discussion on worldview with.
nor man's empty gain. Thou mine inheritance, now and always. Thou and Thou only first in my heart. High King of Heaven, my treasure Michael, we try to focus on creativity each time we're together, and I'm going to use a listener email as our creative discussion this week. Uh, I wish I could take time to read the whole email that we received, and I want our listener to know we appreciate everything you've said, but let me share just a little bit of, uh, of, this, uh, of this note. This person says, Today, as a senior pastor in my 40s, I've wearied of the ever-changing musical fads, but your music is as meaningful to me as ever. I've begun to explore the world of your books, too, and I love the way they're interweaved with the songs you've written over the years. It's amazing how often your songs come to mind as I'm reading and preparing for a sermon. Recently, I was contemplating Know You in the Now while teaching people to have an active, fervent faith, and I'm currently preaching in Hebrews and looking forward to pointing people towards our soul anchor. I also recently discovered your podcast and it's made a long drive in my car turn from a laborious journey to a time of enjoyable, hmm. thought-provoking spiritual encouragement. In short, thank you for being a faithful servant and a dedicated theologian. Wow. Such a nice uh, email and well-deserved too, Mike. And uh, it just speaks to the, you know, all the creative energy that you put into everything. It makes a difference in people's ministries. Well, and, and it, it always amazes me that someone will take the time to write, because um, I, I, there, there are a lot of people who are in, who encourage me, but I just, I'm, I guess I'm lazy. I don't take the time to write people, to thank people, <laughs> uh, to thank them for, for what they've done. But uh, Matt, you know, wrote this beautiful letter and, and uh, I've actually got it printed out. It's something that I'm going to share with my wife to say, look, you know, we're, we're still, uh, we're still doing it. Yep. Uh, we're, we're still making hay. So, yep. Yeah. And that, that really is a biblical mandate to encourage one another. So, uh, thank you, Matt. Thanks, Michael. We've come to the halfway point of this session. Help us get the word out about this gathering of like minds by sharing the link for this podcast. Stop by the Michael Card Music Facebook page and interact with other listeners. 
or reach us directly where you can send your comments, song requests, or questions via email and write to us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Coming up, we'll hear Michael's teaching on the life of Jesus after we pause for this message here in the studio with Michael Card. The Worldview Study Bible is this month's CSB featured resource. Every day we're bombarded with issues in the news, entertainment, and the life choices of our friends and family. How do we respond to all these questions? Our friends at CSB have compiled a wonderful study Bible that will help you think clearly and biblically about our modern world. Search for the Worldview Study Bible at csbible.com. Access over 100 articles on racism, sexuality, materialism, entertainment, world religions, and more. See how the Bible speaks to today's world as you renew your mind. When you order, use the special 40% discount on your CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type CARD40 as one word in the promotion code for your 40% discount with LifeWay. I hope this study resource will open your mind to God's perspective in a culture that needs direction. Search for Worldview Study Bible now at csbible.com. Mike, we're going to hear your teaching from John chapter 3, which you did in 2021 at the Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. I call it Nick at Night. This is the story of Nicodemus, right? <laughs> that is a, actually a really cool title. I'm going to steal well, that. Well, it's not um, mine originally. Somebody else came up with that, I'm sure. Oh, but okay. I, I heard well, it somewhere. <laughs> uh, one of the uniquenesses of John's gospel is that he has like five or six intimate moments, and that is Jesus talking with one other person for an extended period of time. The The other Gospels don't do that, but mm-hmm. uh, Nicodemus is, I think, the first one in uh, in John's Gospel, and he was actually a very famous man. I think I'll talk about that. Uh, um, he was very wealthy and, and very generous with his money, and, uh, and lo and behold, we have this scene of him talking with Jesus. Yeah, and we're going to uh, get John. some of those details as we listen to this teaching now. This is fascinating stuff, and this detailed study you've done of the life of Jesus, we're all benefiting from that so greatly. So let's, let's hear that after we hear your song, Scandalon. Again, Mike will be teaching uh, at the Cove in the summer of 2021. thought he'd be so meek and humble He would be the truth that will offend them one and all A stone that makes men stumble and a rock that makes them fall And many will be broken so that he can make them whole And many will be crushed and lose their own soul path of life, there lies this stubborn scandal on, and all who come this way must be offended. Some he is a barrier, to others he's the way, for all should know the scandal of believing. He will be the truth that will offend them one and all, a stone that makes men stumble and a rock that makes them fall, and many will be broken so that he can make them whole. And many will be crushed and lose their own 
stepped over Could it be that we're like the others long ago Will we ever learn that all who come must stumble He will be the truth that will offend them one and all Let's look in chapter 3 at Nicodemus. This is old orthodoxy versus new reality. Nicodemus is actually a very famous person. Did you know he's referred to in the Talmud? The rabbis taught, for the sake of each of three men alone, the sun, the sun shone. They are Moses, Joshua, and Nicodemus Ben-Gurion. That's his name was Gurion, Ben-Gurion. That's in the Talmud. And there's a wonderful story uh, can, I re- can I just read you this story? I hate to be read to. Let me read you this story. <laughs> the rabbis, I, my, my, my mother was an English teacher. She used to hold me on her lap and read to me, and I hated it. I hate being read to. Uh, the rabbis taught. It once happened that the Israelites came to Jerusalem for the festivals, and there was not sufficient water for drinking pur- purposes. So Nicodemus went to a certain master who was a heathen, and requested him to lend him 12 wells of water for the pilgrims, promising to return either the 12 wells of water or in lieu uh, 12 talents of silver. Okay, so Nicodemus is a person who's so concerned about the pilgrims coming, he buys water, so he's make sure they got water when they get there, okay? When the time arrived, the master sent to Nicodemus in the morning demanding either the wells of water or the silver. And Nicodemus replied, I still have the whole day's time. He says, no, I, don't owe, I don't, don't owe you yet. At noon, the same demand was made and the same answer was given. Late in the afternoon, the master sent the same demand, the guy who wants the money for the water, and received a reply that the day had not yet passed. So the master laughed at the idea, saying that if a whole year had elapsed without it having rained, was it possible that it should rain on that day? Because if it, if it rains and they fill back up, then Nicodemus is, didn't have to pay anything. And he went to his bath, rejoicing over the prospect of soon possessing the money. At the same time that he entered his bathroom, Nicodemus went into the temple. He wrapped himself in his cloak and commenced to pray, saying, Creator of the universe, it's known to thee that not for the sake of glory for me, nor for my Father's house, but for your glory, the glory of your name, that the pilgrims in Jerusalem might have water, did I borrow those wells. Immediately upon this, the sky became clouded and rain began to fall. And the twelve wells became filled to overflowing. There's a little bit more to the story, but that's basically, there's a story in the Talmud about Nicodemus. So he's a very famous, very famous person. And a person, I just have a lot of sympathy for this guy. So this is John 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, so the Sanhedrin. So he's a very, just think Supreme Court. He's a very important man. He came to Jesus at night. What have you heard your whole life? He came at night because he's kind of sneaking around and he doesn't want to be seen with Jesus. That's absolutely false. In Judaism, nighttime is reserved for talking about the Torah. 
So this is just what you do. So this is not, he's not sneaking around. Um, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, and here's amen, and no one, we don't know how to translate it. NIV translates, I tell you the truth. Those words aren't in the text. I tell you the truth aren't there. It's just amen. King James, verily, verily. See? Okay. So I tell the truth. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Here's the motif of misunderstanding. But said Nicodemus, how can a man be born when he's old? Surely he cannot enter his mother's womb a second time to be born. Jesus answered, Amen, amen. There he did it again. Very mysterious. Unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You, plural, all you Sanhedrin people, all you uh, Judeans, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. And this is a beautiful play on word because the word wind uh, can be translated three different ways. It works in Greek and also in Hebrew, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, it's it's um, ruach in Hebrew, wind, spirit, breath. It can all be translated, but it's just one word. Um, Jesus, Jesus does this in his language. He'll use a word that means three things. He means all three things at the same time. Uh, but it, Greek works too. It's, it's the word pneuma. You know, you have pneumatic tires on your car. That means they have air in them. Wind, air, spirit. That's what it means. Okay. So uh, he's doing a beautiful play on words. So um, unless he's born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You all should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind, but it's the same word, pneuma. Ruach, same word for spirit, but the translators have to use a different word or it won't make any sense. Okay? Uh, so the spirit, ruach, wind, blows wherever it pleases. You may hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So is it with everyone who's born of the wind, spirit, breath, ruach. How can this be? Now, Nicodemus should have known about this. There are passages in the Hebrew Bible that talk about. Uh, uh, rebirth and, and uh, this radical change in a person's life, uh, the only excuse is that it hasn't happened to him. That's why he doesn't understand what Jesus ha is talking about. It's never happened to him. How can this be? You, singular, you are a teacher of Israel. That's a metaphor for a Pharisee. You're a Pharisee, said Jesus, and you don't understand these things? Amen, amen. There it is again. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we've seen, but you, plural, you people, do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, birth, you know, wind. I've used earthly images, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? I've broken this down for you, and you don't get it. What if I were to speak in spiritual language? You know, it would, it would be uh, hopeless. Now, if you have a red-letter Bible, I am almost guaranteed that verse 13 continues in red letters. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. I suggest to you, of course, in the first place, letters in the Greek text aren't red or black. So, it's, it's, again, it's a translator making a, a choice. 
I suggest to you that verses 13 all the way to 21 is a sermon by John. Uh, there are these sermonic blocks in John. Now, I won't take a bullet for this. I don't want to argue about it. You know me, I'm very fragile. Um, but I suggest, George Guthrie taught me this, I suggest to you that this is John preaching and not Jesus talking. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. See, here's the voice change. The Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That's a metaphor for crucifixion. That everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And this is an ascending, descending motif that goes through all through the Gospel of John. So once again, I suggest to you that this is John. It's not any less authoritative if it's John speaking. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Now this is certainly preaching. This is the verdict. That's preaching. Light has come into the world. Now we're back to the prologue, right? Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who... Uh, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. That sums up everything he has said so far through the discussion of the new birth. So again, I don't think this is anything heretical, potentially. I just think it's, it's a matter of tone. I hear the voices shifting, and I, I, I think I recognize in that uh, a sermon uh, by John. But the point is, the whole point is, I want to get off in the minutiae. That kind of stuff is really important to me, by the way. Uh, but when I, what I want to talk about, the one I want to focus on is Jesus and this person in his life, Nicodemus. Now, this, as far as we know, is their first meeting. And they have this wonderful discussion of the Torah. Jesus never uh, distance himself from Nicodemus because he doesn't understand. But trust me, that's what Nicodemus's friends do. If you don't understand, you're just sort of a second-class right spirit. Jesus doesn't do that. In fact, who comes to boldly claim the body of Jesus with Joseph of Arimathea? Nicodemus. Nicodemus will bury Jesus. So I think that's pretty cool. God 
really sees And by your might You set your children free Let's sing together, ready? El Shaddai, El Shaddai El Elyonah Adonai Age to age, you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai Erekunkana Adonai We will praise and lift you high El Shaddai And through the years you made it clear that the time of Christ was near Though the people failed to see What Messiah ought to be And though your word contained the plan They just could not understand That your most awesome work was done Through the frailty of your Son Ready? Sing together Worship the Lord. 
What a worshipful way to uh, follow that teaching on the life of Jesus, which was at the Cove in 2021. But you're headed back to the Cove uh, very soon, aren't you, Mike? I am. Uh, in just next week, I'm going to go back and um, going to be talking more about the details of Jesus' life. Um, I, I'm I'm very excited about learning everything I can possibly know about every mm-hmm. every aspect of his life, and that's what we're going to do. Well, thanks for sharing that with all of us. And when we do get that teaching uh, that you'll be doing next week, uh, we'll bring it to the podcast eventually as well. And thanks to Trevin Wax for a good discussion about worldview here today. Yeah, yeah. And and again, um, if if you can if you can check out that worldview uh, Bible with the the new new CSB translation that Trevin over oversaw, um, Mm -hmm. you know, do because I really do think it's a fresh translation. Well, just one last thing. What would you say about what we learned about Nicodemus that we can take into our week to come here? Yeah, I think what I take away from their 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 late night conversation is that Jesus is introducing a new and living way. Nicodemus is the old orthodoxy, getting it right, you know, kind of salvation by by thinking the right things. And Jesus has brought in a completely new way of, of faithfulness and 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 obedience to God. Thanks, Michael, for helping us wrap up this hour together in the studio. If this time together has been used by the Lord to bring up some new ideas to consider, please take a moment and pass along your comments to us. Share the link with a friend or post a review of this podcast. You can email your reactions when you write to studio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your email or interact with other listeners when you post on the Michael Card Music Facebook page. And we're excited about the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. This month, we're featuring an important study tool that will help you find answers to the current issues we all face. When you visit csbible.com, search for the Worldview Study Bible. This Bible is an invaluable resource that will help you discuss, defend, and clearly share with others the truth and hope and practical compatibility of Christianity in everyday life. When you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. The Worldview Study Bible at csbible.com. We hope you'll join us again next week for another podcast. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. We're all glad you've been part of this edition of In the Studio with Michael Card. Before we go, though... Here's a bonus track from Michael we hope you'll enjoy. Year after year There the priest would stand An offering of blood Held out in his hand Before the curtain there He would stand in fright It hung there to hold in the holy To keep in the light A new and living way Through the curtain that was torn The climax of the cross The moment our hope was born By a new and living
would offer forgiveness For he was the offering he gave From his sacrifice From that dark disgrace Came the power to make anywhere A most holy place A new and living Our hope was born By a new and living way A new and living way A new and living way